Welcome to No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shanon, Mr. Robbins, Bain, episode 104. What's up, bro? How you doing? 104. Yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds nice every time I hear it. 104, 105. Making, making our bones, bro. No doubt. What's up? How your week been? My week has been good, man. Shout out to y'all for having a nice, nice adult night for us. Some games and some, some food. I took that chicken, bro. And Janelle cooked that damn chicken dish, man. Yeah. It was good. It was good to be around grown folks. Let our hands down. And like I said, just kind of be ourselves, man. Take the titles off of mom, dad, boss, and employees. Yeah. So, outside of that, these damn leaves getting on my nerves. Yo, isn't it funny? I think when we talking, we were talking about the leaves on Saturday, right? And I was saying, yeah. <laughs> Every time I look at the damn trees, I'm like, it ain't finished? Yeah. So, I, my, my neighbor said, Mr. Armand, shout out to Mr. Armand, Armand Garo. He said, I'm going to just wait for them all to fall. I'm saying, but ain't that going to be a whole lot? He said, look, once they're down, they're down. Then my only job is to get rid of them at that point. So I'm just gonna wait. So what you what are you using? You you mulching or are you? Or nah, you just what I, I'm, I'm using. I got the blower. Okay. I'm blowing them right back in the brush. So what surrounds the house is the woodsy area. So all I'm doing is I'm blowing them to the edge, and then we might we might use the um the little thing we got in there and put them in the thing and dump them out there or yeah. just blow them out there. And that's pretty much it. But it's so much because it's surrounded like 360 with trees. Yo, wait till that stiff wind come. Don't put them in a pile. That wind coming up low. <laughs> I told you before. I told you before. I used to have a um. I used to have the joint that where you blow them, and I had the joint where you can mulch. So before I used to blow them, I blow them into a pile, and then after I blow them in a pile, I pick them up and I would bag them, and then the tank would come by and they pick them up. But after a while, I was like, yo, I'm not gonna help like messing with all this stuff. So I started mulching them. And it's like one of them things where you find yourself like all full, constantly doing it. And if you don't, if you're not on top of it though, and they get real cold and the leaves get frozen, you'll be in for it. And then the other thing is how like my allergies get bad. So having to deal with like the like this everything with the leaves and the grass, like though, it can be painful, man. All the seeds and I had some of that so I'm like I haven't had this since a kid I remember playing in leaves all of a sudden choo, choo, everywhere I go I'm fucking see them but yeah. now I don't even want to see no more leaves I'm on, I'm on I'm crazy I'm on some snow right now so. yo yeah man I, t- yeah, I told you though but yo thank thank you to y'all for coming through and yo we gotta also make sure we uh we say that the men won both the games yes yeah we won both the games that we played we were victorious and the fight was good too it was a good night i enjoyed it right it was a great fight i mean i was wa- watching canelo the technician he was waiting he was waiting for his stand and when he got his stand he took, he took advantage of it. he weighed him out and the dude was pretty much he was fighting back he had a, he had a little, little defense on him but all it took for all it took was for Canelo to find that sweet spot, and he was hitting him with the left. He's gonna yeah. crumble at some point. He's gonna crumble. You know what? You know what I think it is. Also, I think it's just another another gear that um, that people could kick it into. And sometimes you can only get to that gear after you've had experience. And right. Caleb playing to me is that he's a great boxer, but he didn't have he doesn't have the experience 
And I think he'll be better for this fight. The same way Canelo got better after he fought Mayweather. You know, when you fight those dudes that's at the top, the, the top level, and they in their prime, and you, you're in against them, and you get to see what it is actually being in, it's different than sparring, it's different than watching them on TV, you know. On TV, you probably think you could rush for five yards and get a first down, or you right. could hit a home run, or you could make a three-pointer, you know, but when you actually in there and you gotta deal with the, the, the pressure of having this person in front of you, I, I think Caleb Plant definitely demonstrated that he's, he's you know, he's on a, he's not on Canelo's level, but he's uh, on a level of a top-tier boxer, he's a good boxer. Is definitely contender. He'll contend with anybody, man. You put him in there, he might surprise you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, yeah. Put him some, 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 some stiff competition. He'll, yeah. He'll be back. Yo, my week was my week was good. Aside from the um the one thing I was telling you before we came on, somebody decided from our job, from our organization, that they were gonna steal one of the vans. So that was the that was the one downer for the week. But even with that, like I'm not even gonna let that you know, or we could get me down, and we just didn't do anything to do. We filed a police report. You know, that's we have insurance, so we'll see what happens as a result of it. And we have video footage of the person who stole it, so hopefully the person gets caught, and you know, we can be, we can move forward. Thank God it was one of the vehicles that we don't use as much, also. So they just won't lose it that much. Yeah, definitely. with a disgruntled employee. At first, I thought that, but then when I saw the video, I was like, no, okay, I don't, I don't know this. So. I don't know this person, um, but that was my that was my first thing. I'm like, I wonder if this was an inside job. And after seeing the video, I was like, no, this wasn't an inside job. This is somebody who probably seen the vehicle sitting there for an extended period of time and probably looked at it. It was an older vehicle, it was a 2012, and probably was like, okay, right. it's easier to take. Our vehicles are outfitted with GPS too, so um, tracking devices. This is the one vehicle that we have that doesn't actually have the tracking device um, on it. As right. well, you know, so probably because we don't use it as much, but it is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it. Just make sure we follow procedures. Follow and that's, and that's, the reason, that's the reason why I asked inside job because it's the most least used. Mm -hmm. Someone, you know, I mean, it, it, randomly you just pick a car if you want to steal it, I guess. You know what I'm saying? You but, know what, though? Probably the, the other thing that I associated with it is because it's the least used and it's the oldest, people probably know it's easy to hotwire an older vehicle. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. newer vehicles. Like, well, but we got this. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the other vehicles are, are, are newer vehicles. So, yo, let's get into it. Um, Not sure if you heard this or not, but YouTube changes the dislike button. So, once upon a time on YouTube, there was the like button and a dislike button and they still haven't finished completely phasing it out but what they're gonna do is they're gonna make it that you could dislike a um a video but no longer will there be a counter that shows how many times a video has been disliked this this is this is interesting to me that's big because you know for, for content creators visually and publicly it is it, 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 i don't know it's kind of misleading too i guess because you, you, you look and say all right this person got 50 likes, no one likes it, or a thousand likes, no one dislikes it. After seeing it you know, as part of the, the YouTube curriculum or whatever, to find to not see it, I think I think it's a yin and yang thing. I mean, for content creators, yeah, you promote your YouTube page and whatever it is you got on YouTube page, good for showing those who are you know, that come to your page that you know people do like what your content is about. Okay? But I appreciate, even when we have this much, I appreciate that. You know what I mean? It gives us the opportunity. I wish they would 
you know, speak about what they dislike about the, the program all that time. So we said, in that instance, we'll be able to work on what it is, whatever, whatever it is, so we won't have to come across that again. But I think it's more, more or less for the showing of how we concentrate yeah. and put our things up. You know why it doesn't bother you? Because you're able to take constructive criticism. That, that's why it doesn't. Oh, yeah. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yo, but for me, I look at it. I, I say, like, you think about content creators that are probably under the age of eighteen. I could get why you wouldn't show how many dislikes, and I think that this is consistent with where just even with social media is going. Like, you know, like there's no um, thumbs down on certain things. Like, you can't dislike stuff. Once upon a time, I think on Instagram you could dislike a post yeah. or something like that. It kind of reminds me almost like that beat perk thing, right? Where you, you know, you hype all it, you only feeding positivity into what it is. So I can see somebody under 18 actually having a YouTube channel and not having dislikes displayed. Right. But even that gets weird because the actual content creator still should have, will still have the ability to see how many times the video has been disliked. Just the general public won't be able to see it. Right. So it's almost like a form of saying, like, all right, we're going to make it so that content creators can't be bullied, I guess. Right. And, and I, respect, I respect that for kids. I, res- I respect that for kids. For kids, yes. You want to encourage them to keep them in life and, and you know, encourage about what they're doing for, for the adult party. I mean, you know, if you see it on the back end, like I said, I, I maybe because I, I, I take incorrective criticism, this soft generation, you can't tell them nothing. Yo, and that's why, that's why for adults, I don't like it. You, I don't like it for adults because it creates almost, it, it's almost like trying to create this utopian society. And that's it's not- almost, you can't, it's almost like you can't say, I viewed your content and I didn't like it. And I wanted to be public knowledge that I didn't like it. Even though dislikes are, um, are not public in the sense that you know who actually gave the dislike. I'm, I'm thinking that YouTube's position with this is that, you know, even if you dislike if you dislike a video, you still have the liberty of writing in the, um, the comment section. So here's the thing. In right. the comment section, people could delete the comments. So if you, I don't know if you ever noticed, but I've seen plenty of videos where people have, let's say they got 150 likes, 75 dislikes. You look through their comments, and in the comment section, there's nothing but positive feedback in the comment section. And then you can see up at the top the number that actually says how many how many comments there really were. So I've seen people comment sections with 50 comments, but only four comments are on display. You know, all of the other ones <laughs> were unfavorable. Yeah. And you know, I was thinking about this today, and I was saying to myself, imagine if we have we lived in a world where if you purchased a product off of Amazon, you couldn't give a review on that product. You couldn't say how many stars it was. Or we lived in a world where, you know, you went to a restaurant and you didn't like it, you couldn't you couldn't leave a Yelp review right. because the restaurant owner or Amazon they didn't have thick enough skin to take the dislike. At the end of the day, what is the dislike doing other than if you're somebody who has the ability to take constructive criticism, a dislike and a comment in a section? I think it's. It, I don't see anything wrong with it. Now, I know people. There are some people who are trolls that say horrendous and horrible things. Right. I also think that as an adult, like you gotta have thicker or sensitive skin or whatever. And people throw that terminology, content creator, around a lot, right? So, if we gonna talk about content creators, let's talk about 
dudes like Tyler Perry, Spike Lee, Francis Ford Coppola, Steven <coughs> Spielberg, all these people put all their content out to the world, and it's open for, for review. Yeah, for people to leave whatever feedback con- they want to leave. What if they put their content out on display and was like, this is the content, say nothing about it. How does that, how does that work? It doesn't work. Unless it's favorable. Put people away to be like, I can't voice my opinion. Mm-hmm. I can't voice my opinion, I won't participate. You, you, might, you might lose, you might lose a viewer. Right, so, so, so I think like on the back end, like, like I said, I get it for like, for, for you, I could see how for you to say, okay, like they don't need this on display because it could lead to it could lead to bullying. But for an adult content creator, I'm like, I think that you gotta have thick enough skin to be able to take feedback, take criticism, you know, and whether it be good, bad, and indifferent, if you can sit there and you could thumb through and find all the great things that people say about your programming or your channel or whatever it is, and you gotta be able to sit through some things that people say that you may not be in agreement with. But the other part of it I think also is that I'm seeing a conscious effort. I don't know if you're picking up on this, Rob. I'm seeing a conscious effort from the government to sort of apply pressure to like a lot of these social media sites. Like they brought in um, Mark Zuckerberg. Um, I think they brought in Jack Dorsey. They're bringing in a lot of these dudes in to, um, to, to congressional hearings and talking to them about the effects of how whatever's going on on these different platforms are driving People, you know, so I, I, there are a lot of insecure people who can't handle these dislikes or the negative comments that people leave around these videos. That's what the internet makes you very accessible to everything. Where, you know, 10 years ago, you couldn't even be in a no conversation. Now, everyone is in everyone's conversation. So now your feelings can get really, you know, misconstrued on, you know, how, how you view information, man. And, it is dropped I me mean, with all of the trolling. The thing, I, I don't even know what a bot is. Everyone's talking about those are the bots on there. That's how much you know what I'm like. It's a bot. But, you know, with the cancel community and, and the leverage that they have with canceling everybody, who knows? It might be them disliking everything if they don't like somebody. You, you know what the other thing I think, though? I look at it and I'm like, I just, I, for me, it's like, People are gonna people are gonna have an opinion. You're, nobody is everybody's cup of tea, right? Nobody is no. There's not ever gonna be a time where everybody is 100% agreeing with you, right? It just is what it is, you know. But I think I've watched different content creators. I've watched the dude like Star. I don't know if you ever watched Star, but I watched Star. And some content creators, I watch their stuff and I read their chat. Other people, I'm like, I don't want to read the chat. In Star's chat, Star has, he may have 2,000 people. I've seen the time he had 2,000 people in the chat. A hundred of those people were saying horrible things. They were saying horrible. And you know, honestly, I, and I, maybe because it's not part of Star's show, Star wasn't even paying attention to it. He wasn't even reading the chat. The only thing that he was reading was the super chats, the ones that was associated with money. The other stuff, he was just like, all right, whatever, whatever it is. And that's Star. Then I watched, there's another dude I watched this dude named um, Boxing Ego that he specifically does like boxing commentary and in his chat he may have about 150 people probably like 30 people will be in the chat 
I'm sorry, you have like 100, uh, 150 um, people, but 30 people will be saying like derogative or negative stuff in the chat. He has his moderators, and he also, I don't think Star has any moderators. I don't know if I've ever seen moderators in Star Trek. But right. this new boxing ego he has, and he's reading the chat as he's doing whatever it is, his, his show, and he's telling people, block Johnny. Block, block this nigga, block that, block, and I'm like, damn, like, yo, you, you really that bothered about the stuff these people saying. Like, I don't know if that's the content for them to, to do that, or but I'm like, yo, you really paying attention to that stuff? Bogey Diamond does that, and also uh, Killer Priest does that. They read the comments during the show, and they be like, nah, get him out of here, block him. <laughs> 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 out, yo, son. Yo, I see Doggy Diamond say, Nigga, I'm from Brooklyn. You supposed to know that. Get the fuck out of here. Yo, but you know what? You know what the crazy thing about it is, though. It's like people be they be blocking so many people that they make enemies from this. Yeah, you be like, yo, and then people make it their life work to get revenge stuff or whatever. And I think that this is consistent with probably like yo the dislike button because there are people who I'm sure. Won't even watch, and people who won't even watch a video, they just click on just the dislike, all right, hold this dislike, or whatever. But to me, at the end of the day, it's just like, what can you, what can you do? Like, you know, as a business owner, I, I've conceded, like, yo, I'm gonna get positive reviews, I'm gonna get negative reviews, or whatever, but I'm not gonna go through and delete every, every negative review. And the reason why, the, yo, the reason why, oh, and I see this also, like, when, usually when I'm traveling somewhere, I'll look at resorts or wherever I'm going, and I'll read the reviews. And when I've seen more and more now, like, people who own these properties, their um, uh, general manager will be in the comments. Um, right. to, yeah, like, the person like, well, I stay here, they didn't have the fresh towels, this, that, oh, I'm sorry, because this, that, that, or whatever. Or some of these places I see, they get in, and they, they become defensive. They be like, well, you came on this day, you did this, that, that, whatever it is, and it's like... You want engagement, but is that the kind of engagement that I want? I want to engage you around the stuff that you didn't like about this, the, the the show or the presentation. So I get why you two would do something like that because I think there are people who have fragile mental health that they, you know, that it probably sets them off and drives them crazy. But if, to me, if you're an adult and you made the decision to be on any platform right. and share your um your content, right. then to me, that's almost like that you've agreed to whatever the constructive criticism is with it. You know, welcome any criticism. You're putting out any information to be able to, you know, sit there and be like, if something is wrong, allow people to air out. Mm -hmm. and, and actually, sometimes control conflict like that engages a dialogue with now... Maybe you, maybe you did something wrong. Maybe something came out that wasn't it wasn't supposed to come out the way it was supposed to come out. Yeah. Who was pulling your collar? And that's the part that I don't mind. Because even when we do this, some people will say, yo, Rob, sit up. Or Rob, you know what I mean? There's certain things where I'm like, ah, oh, my bad. I didn't know I did that. <laughs> but I appreciate that because it, it has me look at myself and fine tune and get, or give a better product. And that's what you want. That's what you want your, your listeners and your audience, whoever's listening. You want them to get the best of you that you have to offer. Yeah, I, I do think though the, the stuff that people, the comments that should be deleted is like the derogative stuff. Like to me, it's okay to give feedback, but when it's malicious and it's it's, yeah. it's be hurtful and stuff like that, that's I can see why somebody would block somebody if they ain't chat and they talking about 
you know, some, oh, you, you suck, you this, that, or that's not constructive criticism. You know, right. like, you in the chat and you, we're talking and the person is in our chat and they disagree with my opinion, I'm not going to be like, yo, block this person, get them out of here, or whatever. Like, you know, you allowed to have a separate opinion from mine, but if you get in the chat and you start talking about, oh, yo, black people suck or Latinos, whatever it is or whatever, then I'm going to be like, nah, this doesn't warrant you. That's, that's not constructive criticism. I, there's nothing anybody can do with that. So let's see, let's see what is going on. Let's see YouTube does with this. Keep an age limit on you. He's under 17, PG-13 or something like that. Or, or about this, if you mentally fragile, don't be on it. Don't don't get on the internet. Nah, go to the library. Yeah, man, did you have a chance to watch um Kanye on Jim Champs? What did you what did you think about it? Parts of it. The part that I did like is that he brought out Larry Hoover's son. I didn't, I don't know much about Larry Hoover, although you know him being allegedly the member of the leader member of the Disciple. But giving his son a platform to speak about his father and his father's involvement. And, you know, I think he probably hit, hit the nail on the head and said, you know, because he said he traveled to Chicago often when he was old. And, you know, the state the state of affairs in Chicago was crazy with all the killings. But when the OGs were there, he didn't have that. It was more organized. It's a community. It's a community. And I think Kanye's involvement, as long as they're not Nori, giving this gentleman the platform, so we can hear a better side. And that's happening more. Outside of the dude that had, you know, that murdered in Harlem, I don't know, I'm stay away from that. But there are some brothers who are locked up like political prisoners, who are locked up, who have done good work, of course, doesn't get promoted in you know what I mean? But they've done uh, um, they've done their bumpy Johnson sort of way of doing things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they've helped so many people. Now this man has been in jail over forty, over forty-seven years. I mean, he hasn't even seen his son. He says, "My father's been in jail my entire life." It's horrible. And Kanye has put uh, a defense together to get his father out. And, I think it's gonna happen, but they're, they're under this first step act that I guess was pushed by Trump, mind you. Mm-hmm. First step act changes the conversation of mass incarceration. So you know, there's probably a lot of people in there who don't need to be in. So petty, petty crime, you know what I'm saying? Nonviolent crime, is crazy most of the time. It's a critical win to fight to reduce mass incarceration, which I think it is a, a, a mm-hmm. pretty because you get these people home, especially with, just this thing about marijuana, now everyone that's got got a, got a dispensary, they're hitting the billion, the billion mark now, yep. but there's less than 2% black owners in the cannabis and, and brothers are incarcerated for selling weed. And they're still in there, mm-hmm. not even just for selling, because it's in there for holding a blunt. Yeah. That's crazy. So I think whatever that first step act is, it needs to get it needs to get people in there. It needs to get people out of jail a lot of the time. And the narrative, you know, of having having these guys look look at Freeway Ricky Ross. He 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 he's for 
essentially is the, the man who started crack. And look what he's doing now. Yeah, yeah, he heavy in the marijuana. Heavy in the marijuana business. He got a book out. He's mm-hmm. publicly, nationally about drugs and community efforts and all these different things. We need the people out there. You gotta remember, anybody who went out to sell drugs, in my opinion, prior to them selling drugs, they were decent individuals. But as you get older, your interest change. You start to feel like, okay, what am I gonna do with my life? Yeah. You know, and Freeway Ricky Ross is, is, is uh, uh, situation. He thought sports was gonna be the way out. But come to find out, when when they were looking for athletes, he didn't meet the criteria, so he chose tennis. But right as he was thinking of becoming this new author, ass crack and he seen the development of crack. Yeah. You know the story after that. Larry Hoover, in, in, in the same instance, you know, he's he in there, I think, for alleged drug-related crime. He's serving five life sentences. Life sentences. Yeah. Like, like, and um, that, that's what I, I liked about it. But also, just that interview with Jay, I think it was very necessary for Jay to be on a platform such as that from a hip-hop standpoint because Nori... And and uh, DJ Kessa, yes, shout out to DJ yes, They 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 allow they really do give people their flowers, and they they, they allow the hip hop to come out of the individual. Yeah. And it was good for Ye to be in that platform because we kind of get the Ye hip hop, not the artist, not the one who wants to be painting ripped gold shirts, fucking all that. <laughs> you know what? We want to know how you doing, Ye? Like we miss the music you created, we missed that, that, the lyrics that you put out, we missed all that. And Ye is on a different trajectory, man. Social commentary, social, yeah. social clear about certain things. But this is what I, we'll, we'll probably chat on this about the next time when it comes to private shop. Something about that, the women that they're around. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Men don't survive around them. Let me tell you, I, I thought, um, yeah, yeah, finish what you were saying. Nah, you know? that, that, that was, I was, I was going to wrap it up. Yeah, I, um, I appreciated the interview. You know, I had a chance to um, watch both parts. And what I'll say about Kanye is that he, he made some great points. Like, Kanye to me was very apparent is that Kanye West is, he's, he's, a, he's a free man. He's a free man. He's a free thinker. Like, and he's comfortable saying a lot of stuff that's unpopular. Sure. That other people may not want to say. Does that mean I'm in agreement with every with everything he says? No, I'm not in agreement with everything that he says. But there were some things that he said that I wasn't agreement with. Like he was, he talked about, I think, um, in the in the in the second part of it, he was making reference to how something along the lines of that. I think he, I, well, he was basically trying to allude to was that whenever people say somebody is crazy, they use it as to kind of like cut off the conversation. I don't know if you caught that part, but he was like, that's like the ultimate trump card that people play against him. Like whenever he comes, you know, he says whatever he says that people are not in agreement with, they like, well, did you take your meds? Are you, you know, oh, he's just being crazy. And I think that a lot of people, I think a lot of people um, that, are like abstract thinkers and have different approaches to things are written off as just being crazy like oh yeah you do this is crazy you know like i i don't know if i would categorize Kanye West as being crazy i think that he's um 
man i think he's eccentric and i think that he's manic like yo i think kanye west can be very very manic and when he talks you can see like the thoughts racing that's why he's like all over the place and you got to kind of like he can't he can't conceptualize that one thought yeah by that time four thoughts are very good you know like just to, to stay with him but a lot of the stuff that he was saying was accurate factual stuff do i agree with him with like the um the donald trump stuff like i agree with him to the point that it's his right to have whatever political affiliation he wants to have do i think that donald trump um was a great politician no but i do agree that if that's what you want to align yourself with like if that's i don't see how the political his political affiliation with donald trump should make people be like all right y'all i'm it is what it is with kanye and then the other thing, the thing that I that that I was a little conflicted with, while I think he was off with, is that he seemed to have kind of like blew up his whole relationship with John Legend and Big Sean and as a result. I think Tom Common was in there too, right? As as a result of them having a difference of opinion and speaking on it about his political affiliation, and I, I'm guessing that he thought that their commentary on it was disrespectful on how they approached it. Right. Or how they handled it, but I don't see, you know. And I, I was listening to the Breakfast Club um, after the first interview, the first part of the interview came out. They were saying that um, DJ Envy was saying that he believes that Kanye is right because Kanye put both of them in a position, and they should never speak ill of um, of Kanye. So Charlemagne was saying, but Charlemagne was saying, but Jay Z put him in a position, and he offers criticism on Jay Z. You know, DJ Envy was like, well, DJ Crew put me on and I would never say anything. It, it could be off the radar. I could talk to him or this, that, or whatever it is. But I, I just think that, you know, like, as a man, if me and you having a conversation, Rob, and I say, well, yo, I'm voting for Trump, and you be like, yo, I, I think you're bugging or this, that, or whatever. To me, that doesn't change the nature of our relationship. You know, and I don't care if our, I don't care if our other friends are around and me and you, and that doesn't change the nature of our our, our friendship and I think that that's that part and that part I kind of lost me with that because I'm like yo you, you gotta be a little bit more, more mature than that like you know like yeah. if you supposed to be a and Kanye should be used to this because Kanye is a visionary and most of the time if you're a visionary you gonna have tons of people that's naysayers and disagree with you mm-hmm. so he's he's gotta come up against that a lot in life for people being like nah I don't know about that that may not work I'm not in agreement with that and you mean to tell me everybody who tells you no, that's not gonna work. I'm not in agreement with. And you want you gonna fall out with them, or you gonna, you know, you gonna x them out of your life? Like, nah, yo, I can't mess with this person. They didn't see my vision for these new pair of Yeezys or this right. new album. Like, I don't. I that to me, I'm like, I'm I, not I agree with that. that too, man. Because whatever, whatever your decision, your choices, who you choose to follow, that's your decision. That's your choice. And it, and it's based on, you know. What you got going on in your life? They, these people might mirror the same moral ethics that you mirror. You know what I mean? Which gives you an insight of what what that person is thinking. I used to go through that a lot, man. When I when I tell people that I listen to Farrakhan, it's like listen to Farrakhan, but Farrakhan killed Malcolm X. I said, do you know that for sure? Are you just are you just spitting rhetoric because you heard that Farrakhan had something to do with? And then when I and I start to break it down to them, and have you have to understand the power of the, the honorable minister. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Had, Elijah Ma had so much power and so much influence that if anybody said anything about that man, 
that person would be attacked. Regardless of what it was, man has changed millions of people's lives. So, you know, whatever the case is that Kanye decides to disassociate with John Legend and Little Sean, what is his name? Big Sean. Big Sean. Little Sean is the dude who sung Hickey's on your chest. <laughs> I don't know why he's in my head. But Big Sean, you should just let it go, man. But Kanye being a Gemini, they don't let shit go either. Yo, what did you think about um what you think about his 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 uh his discussion about um saying that he was homeless? Did you hear that part? No. He was say, he said that he was homeless. He said that he was homeless in a sense. I guess he related homeless to being wealthy he was like yeah i build cribs i paid 60 million dollars for my house whatever my house and then redesigned it it cost me 60 million but he was like i don't stay there no more you know i just i move on to the next thing i just build cribs he was like i'm basically homeless i like i stayed at the mercedes-benz um stadium in atlanta and then you know i go to i go to paris and i stay in paris and this that and i was like homeless homeless to him ain't what homeless how we look at homeless yeah, homeless means this man got too many goddamn options. He can't stay in one place. Yeah, he was basically saying that he's comp though everywhere he goes. Everywhere he go, listen. Yeah, I, if I was able to be comp everywhere I go, I I wouldn't be homeless. It's a dip. You know what the difference between homeless is? Homeless sleeping on your um your friend from high school couch is different from homeless when he's talking about yeah I went to stay at Elon Musk's house or. I was at um, yeah, Anna Wintour's house, or yeah. it's very, it's a very different homeless. This man got twelve thousand acres. Yeah. Well, he said he getting rid of it. He said he getting rid of it, and he putting it up. He's putting it up for sale. He also talked a lot in that interview, also about um about Kim and how how they haven't officially divorced. He hasn't been served the papers, and how the nannies and I think he said the nannies are part of the problem that she got all these people around her and, her and in her ear, so. I mean, you know, like Kanye, like I said, Kanye to me could be kind of manic and like all over the place. But there is, there's there's a lot of truth to the stuff that he was saying in that interview. A lot of truth, there's a lot of truth, there's a lot of mental health issues that he was talking about in there. You know, I, I didn't think he should have said this, that stuff about like just Blaze though. Like he took shots at, and he took shots at Tyler Kwali. Did you hear what he said about Tyler Kwali? He said just Blaze stole some shit from. Oh yeah, just Blaze copied the style, and Tyler Kwali he never liked his rapping, and that he 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 fronted like he was a backpacker, but he really not a backpacker. Like yo, yeah, Kanye. But he, I mean, he also was drinking and smoking, so. Drink champ and smoke champ. Yeah, drinking and smoking. So they say when a drunk man, drunk man speaking sober tongues, and that might have been some something he was holding, holding his chest, and now he had the platform to talk about it. I wouldn't be surprised, yo. He's a very eccentric guy. Yeah, on to his brother-in-law. Did you see the Travis Scott concert? And rest in peace to the nine, uh, the nine victims, the nine people who died that lost their life at the um the concert have you been following the story i've heard so many different takes on this like some people are saying that they believe that this was some sort of demonic cult-like sacrifice um people some people were saying that they believe that travis scott should be held accountable for i have a lot of questions as it relates to this like one of the things that i'm that 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 shocked me with this is that like one of the the people who lost their life was i think like a 10 year old the concert was general admission though like general admission festival style with no seats 
no seats. So yeah, so but I'm trying to figure out who takes a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old to a Travis Scott concert that's general admission, knowing what those concerts look like. Like I don't. What's your take on this, man? I don't think Travis Scott should be the, the, the sole culprit. I mean, there are over a hundred lawsuits out on, I don't know if Travis Scott or the promoters. I think the promoters, the executive producers, the festival directors, I mean, 50,000 people is a lot of people. And even before Travis Scott got on stage, people were already complaining about not being able to breathe. Well, if you got a venue, 50,000 people on top of each other. In the height of COVID. <laughs> no one's wearing a mask. And that's another, that's one of the things my, my wife said. How do you have a, a concert with 50,000 people and it's COVID out? But when I go when I go to New York and I gotta go on McDonald's or something, I gotta wear a mask. Pretty good world. Um, this this is a lot of questions about this, and you know the whole sacrifice thing. I've watched that. I watched a couple of those. Blue and the red pill. A couple of people that I follow because this this situation mirrors another concert. That, that a number of about eight people have passed away, and they think they, they just the symbols and all different things. Whether that is the case or not, there are people that lost their lives that shouldn't have lost their lives. In particular, this not he didn't lose his life, but he's hanging on to his life. And it's this nine-year-old boy who went to the concert with his father. Now, whatever the situation was, that this this young man, you know, was at Jeff's bed for his life. But getting to the medical tent, they had to travel through hundreds, almost a thousand, thousands of people to get to a medical tent. Now, if you know you got a venue that holds 50,000 participants, and you're on this side of the stage, you're on this side of the stage, but the medical tent is way the fuck back there. That too should be be the one that's being prosecuted for criminal activity. Because you got you're supposed to have medical tents every ten feet. Not I have to go through all and you're not getting through a thousand people at no concert. Yeah. And I know how it is like I think there was one police officer got on the radio and was saying, look, the stage is being compromised. This is before Travis Scott got on stage. You know how concerts get. Everybody rushes the front. Everybody rushes the front. They get birds out of you. But those in the front already get trampled on because everyone's pushing. Pushing them, yeah. And you see it in Michael Jackson concerts. You see it in rock and roll concerts. People are passing out left and right because of the heat exhaustion. There's no air in between people. You know, yeah. you, you, get, you get 40 of us in the room. The niggas is doing this. Thousand? Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, doing him, I don't, I don't, I don't. It's bigger him to want to pay for the funeral, but you know, I don't know, man. This is this is this is this one hits home. Fifty thousand people. 
and you allow this type of concept to go on, you know, people are complaining about, I can't breathe. You know, you gonna shoot Drake too? He was there. I think somebody did. I think they listed him in a, in a, in a lawsuit. A lawsuit, wow. Yeah. My, my thing with it is, um, I could see how his name would be, if he's listed as a promoter, and one of the event organizers because it's actually in live nation like i can see how his name will be listed in that capacity right but as a performer i don't think it's responsibility yeah to i don't think it's his responsibility as a performer i'm in agreement with what you said like i think that i know prior to them having these events especially events of this magnitude they usually have like the fire department and people come in to, um, to look at like what the capacity is for it to be safe and look at, okay, so this is where the medical help is or whatever. All that stuff is usually laid out. To me, those are the people who were negligent. As far as like the um the sacrificial stuff and the cults and all that stuff or whatever. That's not, you know, that, that's not for the general public. The general public don't know nothing about signs and symbols and things. I mean, that's, that's, that's that's for a whole other conversation. Yeah, but I, you know what else I will say about it? Also, I don't think Travis Scott to me isn't a person that I think that is going to have a casual fan. And what I mean by a casual fan is like me and you in Texas for the night and be like, oh, what's going on? Oh, Travis Scott just got Travis Scott is having a concert. Let's drop in. Like I, I think to me, Travis Scott fans are diehard. Travis Scott fans, and I think that they and and this is this is not to absolve him of any responsibility or to speak to whether this was some sort of ritual or or the symbolism associated with things there, but I feel like that the people that go that will be going to the show would be people who will be familiar with what the shows are about and what his music um, is about, and I think when you start talking about like um. These, these rituals and stuff like that and, and things like that. I, you know, like, do they exist? Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they certainly mm-hmm. exist. But I, I wouldn't want to diminish. I wouldn't want to right. diminish the loss of lives with this and and, and, and just write it off to, oh, this was some, a sacrifice, you know. Ritualistic. Yeah. So now, like, what are we to look for now? Now that, now that people have lost their lives and the ritual was set, now is Travis Scott going to become a billionaire? Because usually what happens when they use the word ritual, now someone's career goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that would be to look for. And in my, in my, my, in my, in my little, in my mind, I was, and I was going to say this about Kanye. He's married, he's married to a, a damn, to one of the sisters too, ain't he? Well, somebody, someday, somebody also alluded to that, talking about they married to the witches and this, that. Like, there's this intricate theory woven into this stuff and, you, I think that the, the symbolism, rituals, and all that, or whatever. I think that that's that that's an interesting theory to have. But I'm for me, I'm going with the theory of neglect that the um, high court, the fire department was right. neglectful, and the event organized. Like I can see why Live Nation would get sued, and if he's listed as a promoter, I can see why he would get sued. But as a performer, no, I don't think he should be held liable as a performer. You know, because think about it, like if anybody could go and perform. At any show, like if Jay Z was performing at the Barclays, and you know, how you call it, somebody got assaulted during the bar, during the show at the Barclays, 
because he was performing um you don't know when the yo know, the music just got people amped up or whatever you can't hold the performer live for that when you hold when you hold concerts and venues and stuff like this outside of stadiums stadiums have seats but when you're in these open venues like diana ross did her i'm coming out concert Central Park. no one died you know but think about john bon jovi think about the beatles think about all these rock stars who had millions Yeah. McDonald's, I think McDonald's, they said that somebody dropped him, though. Or he got dropped from another festival. And, that, and, that's, and that's, that's the disheartening part, because if I'm an artist, I'm coming to the stage to do my show. I had nothing to do with how the venue was set up. I'm going to tell you, I was, um, I was having this discussion today, um, seeing the misses, and... I was saying, I was like, yo, we've become such a, a, a society that's just like, um, we want a pound of flesh, right? We, we, we just become like bloodthirsty, like somebody need to be held accountable. And I think that we've gotten to the point of accountability so much that we don't look, we don't look at accountability on small levels. We automatically go to accountability in the form of financial compensation. It's too cold. So, so yeah, so, so yeah, that's what I say. So when people start talking about accountability, they like Live Nation and Travis Scott, you know, they should be held responsible for it. And they probably do have some level of responsibility. But, but also, the, the other part of it, though, also, again, that has nothing to do from a legal standpoint. Like, who am I to say as a parent? Like, as a parent, you do what you want. But I, there, to me, there is some question as to why a parent would take their nine and 10 year old to a Travis, even if they're a Travis Scott fan, knowing this is general edition, this is a festival type style concert and knowing what it would be about, you know, like, I look at stuff like that and I'm like, okay, like that, we need to make mention of that. And again, that's not to diminish the fact that people got hurt and people lost their lives. But I think that we have to stop being so, so hungry for a pound of flesh that we look at individual versus industry. And we quick to put responsibility on industry over individuals so much that if a person choke on a cheeseburger at McDonald's, we're like, yo, McDonald's got it. McDonald's need to be held accountable. McDonald's got lead in they fucking sandwiches, son. Yeah, it, it, it just, it just, it to me is like impractical. So, man, did you finish watching season two of uh, Wu Tang and American Saga? That's one of my favorite shows. That's one of my favorite shows in Yeah, me too. No, and, and what I like about it is that knowing. Knowing damn near all the songs that they ever made and watching the storyline is refreshing. Like, nostalgic. Yo, it, 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 you know, I love the storyline because it gives visual context to the song and lyrics that we've heard over 25 years. All, all of the ins and outs, them being on the fly, them doing this, power and divine coming together, the 
once they were at, at each other's heads and watching how that all unfolded, you know, the story of Ray and Ghost, how that unfolded, you know, what, what's more compelling about this story in regards to, like, power, Razor King, Godfather, Harlem, Snowfall, BMF, this, this story kind of is, is kind of heartfelt in the sense where you're watching tragedy turn into triumph, and Devon himself mentioned, like, like, when they were in the think tank creating this, there were certain things that they wanted to put in there. They wanted to put tragedy. They wanted to leave it as tragic events. And Divine and Rizzo was like, nah, we're not We're not gonna paint this picture like that because we're still artists. And we came from these dredging times and look at where we are. You know what I'm saying? This is a tragedy crime story. This isn't this isn't a dark story. Snowfall was a dark story. You know what I'm saying? You're watching, watching Power and Raising Kane, those are dark stories. There's, there's no hero at the end. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm anticipating season three because now, now they're now they're into Enter the Wu Tang. So now we get to see how that develops. And right after Enter the Wu Tang came, all the individual acts started getting So you, you might see the inception of Built for Cuban League. You might see the inception of ODB's joint and Jizz's Liquid Sword. You might see the inception of a lot of these different things. So that's one of my best shows. I love that show. I can't yeah. wait for you to be a star. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan too. I watch it. I watch it faithfully. Um, I was in disbelief that that the uh, last episode was the last episode. This Wednesday, I went looking for. I was looking for. It. I, was looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't accept it. Even though it was a good cliffhanger, I didn't want, I, I want to accept it. That's the way that it's a great show because we already know how everything plays out. It really is. They got the perfect name for it, an American saga. It really is a wonderful, amazing American story to see. All of them come from something. Uh, come from nothing to something. And then the, the developing them as um, men, as artists, you know, it just, it's, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal um, story. You know, I was disappointed though that the third season is going to be the final season because I feel like there's so much story there that could, that could play out. You know, so I'm hoping that for the third and final season that we get more episodes. But Divine was saying, I think you just I watched the interview with Divine. Divine was saying the executive, the higher ups, they they want to throw more tragedy in there. If you notice, we all know how ODB is living. Could mm-hmm. you see any of that? On, on any of those, any of those shows, yeah. ODB drinking like unless he was drinking communally with his with his brothers, but you didn't see him off on no drugs and nothing like that. You ain't see him doing no crazy stuff like that. Yo, that show has to be the ratings have to be through the roof. I would wonder why they were oh, one they, of they one the best show. They one of the best shows on the network. Yeah, so I wonder what led to them being. Was it just creative differences that made them say, okay, it's the final season? It was. It, 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 it was that the higher up they they leased them another season. They wasn't gonna get past season two. Wow. That's according, according to Divine. He said I, I was I thought that was it. Yeah. But they gave they gave but Rizza being Rizza and you know him having a uh, a mentality of nah that's not it. We got more. And I, and I guess they bought into it, and now, now we got a season three. But he said, yo, in them think tanks, in them, in them, in them, in them 
writing the writing room, these guys are trying to put all of the work in. Now we had to put some stuff in there because traumatization for drama. And, you know, yeah. most people like to see the glamour of success, and nobody wants to see the hardship. So we had to we had to put we had to have a balance of the both because according to Divine, there's eleven siblings, not four. All we see is Rizza and Divine, his sister, and the little brother. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But Divine said it's 11 of us. Yeah. Yeah. He said, he also said that's what helped him deal with, with nine brothers, nine members, because at home he was dealing with 11 people already. Yeah. He knew how to delegate responsibility. Um, yeah. So I'm, 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 my concern is that I think that they, I hope they find a good point to conclude on because they control the narrative that's that's the whole point yeah. they want to they wanted to control the narrative of the show instead of letting the writers control it to give it this negative content and you got to remember these guys are still they're still living it's not like somebody passed away and they're doing the story yeah. it's a narrative story that's still going on yeah well listen i'm you know what i'm sure we gotta wait another year year and a half probably to get the final season so, hopefully, hopefully by summertime. Let's just hope by summertime. Yeah, we'll see. Rich the Kid donates sneakers, school supplies, and dinner to families in the homeless shelter. This story, this story really is near and dear to me because this time of the year when the holidays come around, for me to think, to, to think that, you know, like kids, families, anybody will have to be homeless, you know, is, is, is just... It's, it's, it's terrible because you know the holidays are synonymous with family and comfort and warmth and everything. So for him to come out of his pocket and to do these things, I just I think it's um I think it's phenomenal, you know. And the story and this story also uh, we found the story on the shade room. Um, as far as I know, I don't think he publicized it. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are more stories like this about artists going out and doing these type of deeds, but not making it oh, yeah. public, not making it public knowledge. You know, like these are these the kids, they do that all the time, son. Yeah, like these are the these are the kind of things though that you know, even people don't realize. Even in silence, doing these kind of things, these are the kind of things though that we need we need people doing. We need more of. Um, and they don't have to be publicized. Just do the work. Mm-hmm. Just do the work, man. To feed over 104 families, I, just out of sheer will, because you're blessed. That's that's very that's 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 what you call true reciprocity, man. Exactly. You can give of yourself because you've been given so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's dope. I, I, I shout out to Rich. I mean, I, I found out he was fine for randomly pulling up in front of Burberry or they are driving throwing out money, but that's him giving back, like. Y'all all want to be out here? Here's a million dollars. I don't know what you do, but he was throwing money out there, man. Big shot saying because homelessness is a tough ordeal. A buddy of mine over in, um, in Oakland sent me a, um, a little video about the homelessness in Oakland because the price, the cost of living is so high in Oakland and the, just, the gentrification that's happening out there is it's pushing regular people out in the streets. Yeah, I, I would love to have him. Yeah, I would love to have him on to to talk about it. I would love to no, have him on. He, he was he sent me this this thing, and um, there was one guy doing, I guess, a small little documentary. But there's a there's a a, a tent, a tent, a tent camp. Um, mm-hmm. of people living in there, of course, there's yeah. people that were down. They love these drugs. 
but a lot of people are electricians. There's some doctors that live in, the, in this tent community because the, he said a, a studio is almost almost three grand. But there, there, there are other forms of homelessness that people don't realize. Like people associate being homeless when you see somebody sleeping on the street. Yeah, that's homeless, but there are also other people in that car. sleeping in cars, sleeping on sofas, sleeping and in still going to work, shelters, and still going to work, mm-hmm. living in their car, and they still get up, they find a way. I don't know if it's McDonald's bathroom, they go in there real quick, shit, shower, shave, clean up, mm-hmm. brush their teeth, and go out the door. I mean, it's, it's more than one way to skin a cat. People to find a way to continue their life. Yeah. Cost of living is driving people out. Families. You see it here in New York with gentrification, man. Certain areas where people were living. Like, where all the people in bed style that used to live in bed style? Yeah, they ain't there no more. <laughs> you know, um, the other thing we think about is, like, there are people that for a long time, a significant portion of the homeless population was made up of people that were veterans, people that were um, considered to be mentally ill, a lot of LGBT youth that their parents discarded them were homeless also. Now you have the mixture of families who just can't afford, like you said, the cost of living. And it's, yo, it's gotta be rough. But you know who it's probably extremely rough for? Probably for um, like if you're like a single, a single male. Like, if you're a single male and you're homeless, you know it got to be hard. For a woman, you know, if you got your children, most of the time they could get to shelters and stuff like that. You got people in shelters, hostels, cars, uh, hotels, tents, um, sleeping in Port Authority. It's it's hard. Yeah. You you just create a way, man, to get a nice street, man. Yeah. There's stuff in this country. This is one of the... One of the wealthiest countries on the planet, and we can't, we still can't get rid of hunger, homelessness, all those nuances that the way America is looked at on a global market. Like, how y'all so rich? But y'all, y'all are the worst. The worst is health. The worst is education. Well, we we talked about. Remember last episode when we were talking about Elon Musk's generosity, thinking that he was going to cure world hunger. And the costs associated with it. But um, yo, during this time of the year, especially with Thanksgiving coming around, Christmas coming up right behind it, you know, if you know somebody that's that's that may be homeless, maybe on the verge of being homeless, think of think of think of what kind of charitable efforts you could do to help a person out, you know, like a cup of coffee, a sandwich, you know, donating um clothing, uh 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 thing. Mm-hmm. A scarf, a hat, a meal. Sometimes a conversation. Yeah. Sometimes just the ear. You may, you may, you may help somebody out by just having a conversation with them. Sometimes people just want to talk to. You. Yeah. Somebody Streets ain't playing fair right now. Streets ain't playing fair. Only one black juror selected for the trial of Amar Arbery's killers. What are your thoughts on this, Rob? Yeah, I'm gonna say, I don't know if you saw recently also that there was an issue with the um, 
the, the defense attorney complaining, saying that he didn't want Al Sharpton in the courtroom. Did you hear about this? He, he didn't want no pastors. <laughs> <laughs> to sway the jurors. I didn't play the jury when 11 of them are white. Yeah. You know, so... one black individual. But that's crazy. How does that happen? Well, aren't voter registrations uh, 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 hand in hand? with jury selection or being a juror because most people most people don't vote because they don't want to go to jury duty. Yeah, I mean voter registration for jury duty. Voter registration, what is it? There are a couple of things that, that get you on the rolls as a, a juror, but I'm just I'm wondering like yo, what prosecutor sat there and said these people, these are the, these people, like why were they not striking people? How could you only as a prosecutor end up with one black juror? in this case. Is the prosecutor blind, maybe? I don't know. And somebody what? told him, like, yeah, no, it's a whole bunch of brothers and sisters. Oh, yeah, there's jurors like that. that. That makes no sense to me. You know, all that's needed is for a few of these jurors to say that they don't agree. And if that happens, these dudes can walk. It could be a mistrial. And then, that, that, then that's another case. But then it, it shows you what the ongoing situation is here in America about race. I'm concerned though, Rob. But this, but this, but this thing too, in the three days, they haven't found any criminal activity of all, of, of, of Lamont Over. What, what did he do? So where, where was your citizen, what was your citizen's arrest for? There's no evidence of him being a criminal or doing any criminal activity. So what were, you, what, were you, what were you doing? He was guilty of being a black man and jogging. That's but right. You, you know what? There's going, there, there may be another, we may, be, may find ourselves with some more public outrage with this going on and the Kyle Rittenhouse um, stuff going on. So, like, if, if both, if those three gentlemen get off and Kyle Rittenhouse gets off, people are going to go crazy. People are going to go, people are going to lose their mind behind that. You know, and it's, it's, it's crazy because we've been there before, but I'm hoping personally that um, that, that Derek Chauvin sets the new trend of, of how you call the white people who commit these crimes against black people actually being convicted, and then right. we continue on that pattern with these three gentlemen and um, Kyle Rittenhouse. I don't, I don't have faith in our judicial system, and when I hear that there's only one black juror and that the prosecutor uh, went along with this instead of trying to get more uh, black jurors, I'm a little, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm very concerned because what happens is, this paints a picture, paints a very bad picture. Paints a picture that gives in, the individual the concept of having a license to kill black people. In certain areas where they know they can get, out of 12 jurors, they can get 10, 10, Folks like themselves, eleven folks like themselves, and one just throw one in the token individual in there to say, "Well, we didn't go one hundred percent." I need to see what that one that one black juror looked like too. <laughs> I need to see what that one because we you may think we got you may think we got one, but we need to see what that one black yeah. juror looked like. What's 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 the what's the dude that? Dave Chappelle played. He thought he was so white racist. Uh, um, I forgot his name, sir. 
uh, uh, Big Clarence Bigsby. <laughs> Clarence Bigsby. <laughs> over and over and Clarence on there. <laughs> Clarence, Clarence Bigsby. Nah, this, 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 is, this is America, man. I hate to say it like that, but this is, this is what we've been dealing with. I've been hearing this my entire life. And all I've heard my grandmother talk about it in her entire life is the things we have to deal with dealing with race in this country, man. And, and being ostracized and not being, not getting our fair share of anything. We're always fighting an uphill battle. It's not even a, a level playing ground. We're not even on the same playing ground. Um, and like I said, I just hate for this picture to be painted to give the individual the concept to think they have a license. If you see someone, and, and it's a lot of assumptions. So if this man, if there's no evidence of this man committing a crime, what justified you in doing that? That means you just didn't like him in your neighborhood. Yeah. You just assume oh, he looked like he's stealing something because he's running. Yo. Because that. I didn't even realize that this was arrest was still a thing. For real, son. All the stuff that people are people are walking around here taking pictures of women getting raped when they can beat somebody ass. <laughs> Citizens arrest that shit. You know what I'm saying? Hey, go, to William, go to Williamsburg and try to make a citizen arrest. See how that work out for you. Go go to Florida Roadside. <laughs> yeah, but what you were saying about like the, um, the lifetime of having to endure racism is a good segue to our next topic. The United States was found guilty of five counts of genocide by the International uh, Panel of Jurors, and these are these are the five counts that they were found guilty of: police killing of Black, Brown, and Indigenous people, mass incarceration of Black, Brown, and Indigenous people political incarceration of uh, activists, environmental racism towards black, brown, and indigenous people, and public health racism and its traumatic impacts. So last one we talked about last last time we talked about. Yeah. Being a health issue. Race is a health issue. It's hit, it's hit every industry on the planet. Education, healthcare, I don't care where you at. Racist, racist already hit this in corporate America. You know, I, I watched it when, you know, in my, in my, in my corporate career, I watched who the senior leadership was. It didn't look like me. Mm-hmm. And if they were, they were just managers. They weren't the ones that were making the real rules or putting in. Um, but for an international panel to gather information and to come up with these charges means that from the outside looking in, the globe, the, 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 the planet is watching America. People are watching and tallying, tallying the numbers of how they treat their citizens. And disproportionately, black, brown, yellow, indigenous people are on the wrong end, especially with mass incarceration. America incarcerates more people in this one little country than all the countries put together. And 90% of them are us. Of course. So, what is yet, yet, our, yet our representation, yet the representation of people of color is significantly less in the country. Right? No, there no. are less people of color, but right. they they incarcerated at a higher rate. So, people from the outside looking in and saying, what are black people doing? Are they just... Are they just it's crazy or they're, they're just criminals there's no way in the world because people travel here and they see how black people yeah and it's on display for the world 
it's two it's two different things. So the people are scratching their head and be like, nah, something else is going on. Police killing. We don't see police killing any other any other nationality. Live on TV, whether you're Asian, whether you're Latino. I don't even see that. Nah, the Latino brothers get it too. They Murder? Get they get yeah, they 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 get it too. <laughs> they they not at the magnitude of black people, but Latino brothers are uh, they. I'm sure they, they, they sure they get their ass whipped like we do. Mm-hmm. We talking about police killing. Yeah. I might be wrong. Pardon me if I'm wrong. Um, you know, political incarceration. We've seen that during the COINTELPRO. Of course. With Black Panther and Malcolm X, and you know, they're trying to ostracize, not wanting to see Black people rise to their prominence. That's one of the reasons why. I, oh, I love, I love, I love the nation, man, because the work that Elijah Muhammad did, man, is unprecedented. He did it under the radar. He did it in a nation. He built the nation within the nation. And I, I said, I, my buddy that told me about the homelessness in California, I sent him the video of 1974, Savior's Day. I said, this man built this from the 1940s to the 1970s. Mm. 30 years, 30, 40 years of creating an empire. Before he handed it to his son, his son took it somewhere else. But here it is a man as he, uh, a third grade education, raised the nation, gave us Malcolm X, gave us Clarence 13X, gave us Farrakhan, and everything extended from there, this one man did himself. Yeah. And that, that just goes to show the power that we have if we do unite and do for ourselves and help one another out, which it might be philanthropy, like Richard's kid. It could be in a number of different ways. It could be just you and I taking some old coats in our closet and going down somewhere and start just handing up. I don't need this coat. Hold this coat. It's about to get cold. Mm-hmm. I've done that. I've, I've, I've taken coats that I've had in the closet that I know I'm not wearing and going in the area and just handing somebody I know where I have a coat. So put that on, boy. Yeah. yeah, boots. Put those on, man. Buddy of mine, we used to, um, we lived in Maryland. We used to go to McDonald's, not the best food, get on a dollar menu, and buy 50 hamburgers, 50 cheeseburgers. And take them, take them down under the bridge and just leave the bag. Yo, here, here. Eat for the night. That, what it, what it does to the, to the mind of those is that it, it, it keeps them with faith in the promise that there's still good people out here. Maybe I, maybe it inspired me to change some of the things that I tell myself. And that's what you want to do, man. You want to invoke a spark of idea that anyone who has this, this dreaded thought about themselves, that they can change their reality. And that's what helping someone else, that's what camaraderie does. Because it inspires people, man. Yeah. I just, I, I, um, you know, I look at this and it's, it's, as always, when you see this kind of stuff, it's disheartening. Uh, and it's disheartening because it's, these are things that we, we've, we've lived, or we live, so we're already aware that it, it exists. Right. You know, and now that it's on the world stage, like it's just like having your dirty laundry exposed. But as a country, I don't know if there's any, if there's, if there's anything in the forms of, of, of trying to 
make this right. You know, like for indigenous people, indigenous people have been given things where they try to right their, right their wrongs. But with all the stuff that's going on, first and foremost, like there has to, the United States has to acknowledge that these things are problematic and they exist. And I feel like this, like this past uh, year, because of the pandemic, you know, people sitting still, you know, you were, you were forced to have those conversations. I think it's a before you were forced to have those conversations right. and look at it. And, I, and people, to me, are trying to be more open and have these dialogues because they don't want to be on the wrong side of history. Some of that I think is disingenuine, though. You know, some of right. it I think is just because for that reason, like I don't want I don't want that associated with me brand right you know but i don't know if there's if there's in our lifetime if there's ever going to be real movement uh, and i'm not even talking about real movement in the form of compensation i'm talking about real movement and um, just acknowledgement that these are things that are real that are happening you know to um to our people like you still there are people still running around that don't think that racism exists still telling people they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps but in every industry and everywhere you go in the world, racism is prevalent. Right. You know, and, um, it's just it's just how you call it. Like seeing when I see stuff like this, like it's it's, it's upsetting, and it's, it also just makes you say, like, all right, so every you know every everybody is aware. Like from afar, or abroad, people always talk about America. You know, it's the land of opportunity. Um, but while they're talking about the land of opportunity, they also realize that you know, like all these all these atrocities and all these things that are going on are very real and it comes with being a part of America and I think that we've almost been we've almost been conditioned to believe that because we have other liberties all those things that we've listed that are in the form of genocide we need to kind of be like we need to hold those L's stay silent about it and let it be because me and you got we and you could be on this computer and we can have a discourse about things we don't like about the government without being assassinated whereas in other countries you know it's rapidly speak ill of the government you know but again like just to, to 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 go back to this in particular like i think that these are issues that we're 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 well aware of and we're good that international jurists you know um shout out to them they would look at this and they would say like all right so to me with everything always i'm always thinking like about actionable things like what's the action plan what's the next step where do we go from here with this you know like we have this information and, and they and i know they presented it to uh the united nations Right. What happened? You had to have you had to have some record facts that show it. I mean, you can't just arbitrarily just walk in there and say, "Yeah, the police killed everybody." Show me, show me where, where you get this information from. Show me where you get, you know, police are killing and mass incarceration. What what are the numbers of the people in jail? Mm-hmm. How many people you got locked down for? What crimes you have locked down for? You know, what are those numbers? And why are those numbers so large? You know, why why is uh racism a health issue? Yeah. I, I I'd like I'd like to see though. I, I I hope in my lifetime that I that we do see some that I see some movement um with this and I, and then I'll start with I think like a form of, of actual acknowledgement. You know, like I don't I don't know who was it who it was somebody that recently finally I don't know it, it was like a president was before Barack, I'm trying to figure out, it was one of those presidents that finally came out and acknowledged and said something like, yeah, you know, I want to apologize for slavery or something like that. Oh, that was, it was just it had to be Clinton, Clinton or Carter. I was like, we, had, oh, we, had, we, had, we actually acknowledged that slavery existed? 
<laughs> when I was like, it's just, it's just so much, so much stuff. And I, and again, I think that we've become conditioned to kind of like say, okay, like we have these other liberties, so we need to let those things go. Or, or we're divided. You know, we're divided in the sense that there are people who are adamant, and they're they're adamant, and they're ingrained in trying to change the paradigm of this stuff. And then there are other people who become numb to it that they like yeah I don't I don't I don't see color I don't I don't talk about this I don't go I just go along with my life everything is not race race oriented and this that or whatever but everything is race oriented right when you start talking about how race has impacted people's finances race has impacted people's health race has impacted you know, your, your, your education you know like all these different things remember yo this is not the first time Someone has brought the arguments to the U.S. WGD, Du Bois, Du Bois did it, Malcolm X did it. There's a couple of other, you know, notable people have come to the U.M. and said, yo, you need to look at this, man. Mm-hmm. It's happening right here in your living room. It's happening every day. It's happening every day. Man. Yes, it's like um, you get people uh, telling on the U.S. <laughs> You know where they? You know where they really need to present it at? They need land to, of the free. You they know let, what? They, people coming here all the time, man. You know where they need to present it at? They need to present it to the um to, to Congress. The same way Congress is having these congressional hearings about social media, why don't you have congressional hearings about these things? Who gonna open that door? <laughs> <laughs> who's, gonna invite, who's gonna invite them in to say that? Yeah, that ain't that that ain't happening. Like hell, we got to talk about now. We don't do that. Yeah, that ain't, that ain't, we can forget about that. But, yo, this was a great, this was, this was a, a, a good episode. Lots of information. Um, yo, you know what I did want to say before we end? That I'm surprised you didn't catch that Kanye was talking about also. Kanye was talking about creating a, um, a city. And it's in the second part of the interview. And he was talking about the irrigation system and one farm and all that or whatever. I was like, yo, if people listen to Kanye... Yo, Kanye is eccentric and he could be manic, but yo, Kanye has, he has good ideas and he's a visionary. His personality is just was really off-putting to people. And he do say some things sometimes and you're like, nah, I'm not going that. I, I, I was going to say, you know, a lot of Caribbean people say, if you know how to pick sense out of nonsense, <laughs> it's not real. Yo, that's a good one for him. Yo, son, you you might look at his antics and be like ah oh, he's a, but if you listen mm-hmm. you be like this nigga is smarter than you <laughs> that hate then his behavior portrays him to be you know, but you gotta listen to him but some people don't want to even give him give him the time to, to hear him out because of his antics and all that other stuff they throw the baby out with the bathwater man yeah hey, that's that's stuff that you ain't gonna never gonna be able to change about him though like there there are things with kanye though that is very histrionic though that it's like all right like that makes a person like your, your message can get lost sometimes and the message can get lost yeah if you're looking yeah. at the person you'll be like all right you had the stuff to say but because right. of you and how you delivering it your message is null and void you know, yeah, so. we listen to you. You're sick. You know, you're beating, <laughs> up, beating up photographers and paparazzi. <laughs> oh, man. Get out of here. Yo, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Peace out, everybody. Peace. Hey.